Welcome to the Calgary Sessions. This is episode number 61. I'm your host, Jeff Humphreys. Um, today's guest, this one takes me back to 1989. Um, as a true hockey fan, grew up playing hockey, loved the Flames. This, When my buddy Tyler Sloan hooked me up with this fella, I was like, yes, please. Thank you. So go ahead, name and uh, who you are. Uh, Colin Patterson, uh, former Calgary Flame. Grew up in the west end of Toronto called Rexdale, Ontario, and uh, happy to be here, Jeff. Um, yeah, so... You know, when I, when I had the idea for the show, this is you know almost two years to the day since I launched it, I was like, uh, who do I know? You know, I was like, I want to cover athletes. So I'm trying to think, who's the best athlete? I'm like, Tyler Sloan. So that was my crack into the NHL. And he's been cool enough to put me uh, in touch with Kami and now you. So uh, this show is, the only reason we're together is because of Tyler Sloan. So I just want to make sure that he understands how much I appreciate it. Wow, he's a great guy and he's a great part of our alumni too. Which is really yeah. cool. He, he loves it, obviously, yeah. being around you know, characters like you. So uh, this will be a fun one for me. Um, I can't wait to hear your story. So the gist of the show is to kind of go back to a point in time where you grew up, how you grew up, um, you know, what inspired you back then. And then we'll kind of weave our way to, to where you are today and, and how much time you spend with the alumni crew. Sure. So I grew up in Rexdale, Ontario, as I mentioned. Uh, you know, I had two brothers and a sister. We were all into sports playing, you know, basically hockey and lacrosse okay you know hockey would finish lacrosse would start i started playing lacrosse when i was four years old i started playing hockey when i was five years old so it just went you know from one season to the next there wasn't any in between yep and they never crossed over until later you know yep. in probably midget or junior mm -hmm. but that was life and you know we played other sports too you know i played baseball and basketball and, you know, we had 30 kids my age or a year older or younger within you know probably two blocks of where we live no so it was great and my dad would build a rink every year in the backyard and uh you know everybody would come over and we'd all be playing ball hockey or you know put once we got to be able to skate better mm -hmm. everybody had the skates on but that rink evolved from being just you know sort of a a little rink to a bigger rink covering our whole backyard my one brother worked you know in the printing business part-time so he'd bring the skids home Right. And we formed boards, and then we put chicken wire up. We put, you know, no yeah, we had lights. So we were playing all the time. It was great. It was a great childhood. It's the classic kind of like hockey story, right? Yeah, it is. And you know what? We played all the time. And, you know, it allowed you to practice different things, too. And mm -hmm. it was so much fun. It was just fun to have your buddies over. And, you know, I, you know, sort of like we had ice time from like four till six. And then my, you know, my one brother had it from six to eight. My no eldest way. brother had, you know, from eight on. Yeah. And were you, um, were you interested in watching your old brothers play like whether yeah bigger I, better yeah and that's you know basically what drives you is is the youngest in the family is you're watching your siblings play and you go i want to do that mm -hmm. and you start doing it you know probably younger than they started yep. and you know that's that's what it is and yep. you know and they always help you to a point and then they're like okay you gotta go he's got me <laughs> <laughs> um what'd your mom and dad do how did they well, kind of yeah. influence you guys yeah well my mom was a registered nurse and my dad was an electrical engineer and they were big on, you know, they were big on education, but they were also big on sports too. Mm. You know, they both played different sports growing up. Uh, you know, my mom was pretty short. She was about five, five, two, five, three, maybe. And my dad was about six feet. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what did it look like? When did you, were you always in a small town? Like when did it, when did things start to um, click for you? Whether it's like, you know, going into junior like when did you have to leave home at a certain point no you know i was pretty fortunate uh, but I, you know growing up playing i always played you know sort of at the highest level yep uh the mthl which was the metropolitan toronto mm -hmm. hockey league mm -hmm. uh it didn't encompass rexdale you know at that time so you could play anywhere and i played for a bunch of different teams in the mthl okay and then when i got to midget my first year midget this guy was coaching uh the one team that I was played for the year before he was going up to coach midget he said yeah you're guaranteed a spot and you know i wasn't a big kid hmm. uh, i grew later in life and so when i got to you know when i talked about lacrosse and hockey not overlapping well that was the one year where lacrosse overlapped we went to the ontario finals and so i wasn't able to go to the tryouts but i figured well i was guaranteed a spot you know he'd already promised me a spot so when it finished and i went out uh, I got cut. No way. Yeah, he cut me, and I was like, I was devastated. So First time ever not making time, that team, yeah, right? Yeah, first time ever, you know, getting cut. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. 
So went to another team. I, I went probably went to about eight or nine teams. No way. Yeah, and I got cut, you know, because every team had sort of They've been full. filled their positions, yep. you know, and they were looking, you know, if they were, if I was, you know, exceptional, then they would take me. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I said, well, I'm not going to play hockey anymore. So I quit. Uh, 15, 16? Yeah, I was probably... Uh, first year midget? Yeah, first year midget. Not underage? Like yeah. So, so 15, maybe. Yeah, okay. Maybe yep. it was 16. Yep. And then I ended up playing high school hockey, which was not anything at the time. It was like so, intramurals. Oh, yeah, it was. It was probably worse than intramurals. <laughs> but the teachers went on strike. So, you know, that ended after about, you know, two weeks of playing high school hockey. So I was sitting at home and, you know, my parents really wanted me to get out and do something. So a couple of guys from the team that were in the lower division, and back then it was double A was the highest, then yep. there was A and then B. Yep. And so the guys from, I remember Pat Bannon and a, and Ken Lemke came and they were coaches and the general manager, the manager of the uh, midget A team mm -hmm. in Etobicoke, which was, you know, Rexdale was a part of. And yep. They asked me if I'd come out and play. And I said, nah, I don't really want to, you know, I said, I, I'm sort of, I think I'm done with hockey. And they it's, said, it's just, done, hey? Yeah, it's done, you know, and I go, but they said, just come out, play one game. And if you like it, then, you know, keep playing. But if you don't like it, we, we won't bug you anymore. So I said, okay, that's a deal. So I went out and I played and I loved it. And it was, you know, it just brought back the fun again for yep. the game. And that's that's what was sort of missing, you know, at, at times within lots of players is you, you miss the fun part of it. Yep. So I started having fun again. So then I went from there and I played, you know, midget double A the next year. And then I, you know, the guy who coached the midget double A team, you know, had me on the junior B team. And, mm -hmm. and then I got uh, drafted because they, in Ontario, it's a midget draft for the, okay. you know, Ontario Junior Hockey League. Okay. But they also have a, an overage draft, which I had no idea about. <laughs> right? I figured my, well, my hockey career was, you know, done anyways. Like you really thought that jun Junior B, you were like... Junior B, I go, you know, if I can get to, you know, Tier 2 Junior yep. A, which, you know, yep. like the AJHL, which yep. was the Ontario Junior Hockey League, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'd be pretty happy. And if I could ever get a scholarship, yep. I'd be thrilled. So you're thinking, like it's... Yeah. It's kind of there. You're like, yeah. ah, ideally, that's where I'd like to be. Yeah, and and you know what? I mean, but when you're playing junior B, it's a, that's a long ways away. So I got drafted to the Peterborough Peets, and they had uh, just won the Memorial Cup. Hmm. So I went, and I was the last cut from them. And I was 18 at the time. What year is this? This is 1978. Okay. Yeah. So what, what, is the, what does the OHL look the, like back then? So, I mean, I don't even know how many teams there were, but the, a lot of players from the NHL came from, you know, junior hockey at yep. the time. Yeah. And there was a, you know, depending on the year, whether it's the, you know, the Quebec League or the Ontario League or the Western League, mm -hmm. you know, you have a, a run of great players. Mm -hmm. And, and on, you know, in Ontario, they had a lot of good players going through. So. Uh, mean? Was it mean back then? Was yeah, oh, yeah, it was mean. Yeah. yeah, like it was. You know, there was like. Uh, Tons of fights. Yeah. You know, just that's the way the game was. Mm -hmm. and you had to learn how to play it. Yep. So I, you know, they, they put me with a billet. And I'll never forget this, uh, the Connollys. And they were just great people. And I remember I came home from a road trip. And, you know, we're still in exhibition season. So the team still trying out. Still trying out. But we're down to like, you know, they got maybe two or three guys to cut. Yep. And their son had played, and he played all over, you know, the Ontario Hockey League. And he was a pretty good player, but he got shuffled around a couple of times and never finished his education. And, and she sort of said, you know, the game really used him. And I, I walked away, and I sort of woke up the next morning. I said, you know, I'm not going to let the game use me. I'm going to use the game. Hmm. So, you know, sure enough, the next day I go to practice, and now they're going to bring over two Finnish players. And it was really one of the first times they brought... In 78. 78. Wow. Yeah, 78, 79, where they brought Finnish players mm -hmm. over to play in the Ontario Hockey League. So I, I knew I was done. So Gary Green, who was a coach at the time, called me in and said, listen, you know, you can go down to our farm team, which was, you know, an, an OJHL team, Richmond Hill. Yep. And, you know, you can play there and we'll call you up. And, and then I was like, you know what, I think I want to try and get a scholarship. And I said, I, I don't want to, you know, thanks for the offer, but I don't want to take it. And he said, you know, good for you, yep. you know, and good luck. And, mm -hmm. you know, they treated me very well. So I left there and I went back and I played uh, two years in the Ontario Junior Hockey League for mm -hmm. Royal York Royals. And, yep. 
it was great. And my last year, which, you know, I was older, so, and I'd, I, you know, I'd started to grow and get stronger and bigger. But mm -hmm. one thing, you know, you learn when you're a smaller player is you learn how to play the game, mm -hmm. you know? So it wasn't just, you know, I could skate faster. I had the yeah. brawn or anything. I, you know, I understood the game and, you know, I was sort of a student of the game that yep. way too. Did, um, back then, um, scholarships, were they a big, the, like, you know, in today's, in today's hockey world, if you go tier two, it's like, you know, obviously you want a scholarship and, and the, and the, you know, the dub out here is a big draw too. Back then was, was there a bunch of scholarships being given out or was it very, very rare? No, there's a bunch of scholarships being given out, which okay. was great. And that's, that's where I said, you know, I've got to focus on that because I, I'm not going to play in the Ontario, you know, hockey league. And, mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't good enough to play in pro. I wouldn't be drafted, yep. nothing like that. So, uh, you know, I was pretty fortunate. I got a lot of offers, uh, for scholarships mm -hmm. and then you're allowed five visits. So I went on four visits. I went to Bowling Green, Boston university, uh, you know, obviously Clarkson. I went to RPI and my last one was going to be Harvard. No way. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so do you, do you have, do you have vivid memories of going to these schools? Yeah. Like, was this a, it was it's a, a pretty informative time, right? Like yeah. you're at this age where to have those experiences, I'm sure they just stick with you forever. Oh, they do. And I mean, it was great. It was great going to see every school. And I was about to go to see Harvard and I started to make a decision. And the Harvard trip was going to be delayed another week. And, you know, when I went to Clarkson, I had this great guy who's still a, a great friend of mine, uh, Derek Embody. And he was the guy who was assigned to take me out that night because he assigned, you know, different guys to look after you. Yeah. And we just had a great time and hit it off. And he was a senior, so okay. we were never going to play together. But, yep. you know, just going to Clarkson's a really small town, you know, 10,000 people, you know, probably 5,000 are students. You know, Clarkson itself is one of the top 10 engineering schools in the U.S., I didn't take engineering, but you know, it's a great school <laughs> yeah. and it's, you know, it's private school, 2,500 students. And we had another school, Potsdam state, you know, which probably had another 2,500. So mm. it was a, it was a true, you know, us college yeah. town and did, it was great. Did you get to, was there a game when you were there? Yeah, there was a game. So you got to go in the building and see got, it. Yeah. And the building was really small. It might've held, you know, 2000 people, but mm -hmm. they had probably, you know, 2,500 to 3,000. And they were going. Yeah, and they had, you know, the band going and they had this giant bell they would ring if they scored. So Wild. just the atmosphere. And, and that was with all the places that I went to. It was really, really neat. You yep. know, obviously BU is in, you know, Boston, bigger city. And mm -hmm. I, I didn't really want that. So Clarkson fit in nicely for me. Um, when you were, and you know, I've talked to Sloan and I talked to Kami and you guys down... How good were you to get a scholarship? Like you guys, it sounds like you're downplaying a bit because to get a scholarship, you got to be good, right? So yeah. you had something figured out at that at that age, right? Yeah, I was, uh, you know, I was a I was a pretty decent junior player. <laughs> One of my great stories is Jerry York, who was uh, the coach of Bowling Green, said to me, uh, you know, we'll see you at the All Star game at the you know OJHL All Star game. I didn't make the All Star team. <laughs> 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 but I was a, you know, I was a pretty good, uh, junior player, Yep. um, which, you know, allowed me to, you know, get a lot yeah. of offers yep. and my marks were decent in, yep. in, in high school. So, uh, it worked out really well. Um, so when you decide to go to Clarkson, yeah. um, your family's probably pumped cause you're going to continue your education, yeah. do your thing down there. How long were you there? Absolutely. I was there three years Okay. and I, you know, I was, I was never drafted. So I was, a you know, what? classified as a college free agent. So, okay. So, yeah. so you go to college, don't get drafted. Yeah. So then are you thinking, okay, I'm going to play college and that'll be it? Well, I thought, you know, once I got to play in college hockey, you go, gee, well, you know, it'd be pretty neat to play in the Olympics. And mm -hmm. that was sort of the, the next goal because mm -hmm. the next Olympics in 1984, I started at Clarkson at 1980. I was 20 years old. I go, you know, it sort of fits in nicely. Yep. And, you know, my third year, um, Calgary had drafted a kid on our team, Jim Lang, and they took him in the second round. So like anybody they draft, they come and they take a look at them. And, yep. you know, for me, as the story goes, uh, we were playing in a tournament and typically what scouts will do and uh, they'll, 
open the program to go, this guy's too old, you know, you know, height, weight, you know, and (laughs) who's been drafted. So you end up with a few kids that you're looking at. And fortunately for me, it was Cliff Fletcher, who was a GM. They had uh, Jerry Blair, who's the chief scout, Jack Ferraro, who is a head scout in the U.S. And they came to watch Jim Lang play. So Mm -hmm. they said, well, let's just close our programs. And, you know, at the end, we'll write down the number of the guy we like the best. Yep. And sure enough, you know, at the end of the game, they all, you know, sort of played their card and mm-hmm. it was my number. Hmm. So you had a game. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I didn't really think I had that good a game, you know, <laughs> but, you know, that then they come back the next day and they're watching you, you know, so the next game they go, yeah, well, let's keep an eye on him. So they kept watching me through the year, which I had no idea, like hmm. absolutely no idea. So we were playing in Harvard. It was near the end of the year and I got out of, after the game in Harvard and uh, there's these two guys in trench coats there, and it's I thought just they were classic. Right? I thought they were with the FBI. <laughs> truly thought they were FBI. And you were and, up to some shit. <laughs> and my coach goes, uh, "Those two gentlemen want to talk to you." And I was like, "Oh boy, you know, <laughs> found me." Yeah. So I go over, you know, and my first thing, you know, wasn't me. I didn't do it. And they go, well, we don't even know what you're talking about, but, you know, we're two scouts. We're the Calgary Flames. They introduce themselves. I go, oh, you know, you probably want to know about Jim Lang, who you drafted, you know, he's a big kid, you know, a good defenseman. They go, no, 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 we're, we're wondering about you. And I said, well, what are you even wondering? What do you like mean? Like on the left uh, field. Yeah. This, and I this go, totally catches I, you. I have no idea. And they go, well, we we're wondering if, you know, what your plans are for the future. And I go, finish school I guess and they go well what about you know hockey would you you know be willing to forego your senior year to join our organization because Calgary had taken a kid out of Clarkson the year before Mike Presley and uh, um, and so anyways it was I never even thought about it never never even done not even yeah on me so at the end of the year my coach called me up and the assistant coach uh, you know the coach was billy o'flaherty assistant coach terry mahar and terry had this buddy that was a you know an agent um that could you know sort of inquire for me because the flames had been falling there's a couple other teams that had sort of all of a sudden become interested hmm. so i remember we went up to the office and Calgary was, you know, the agent was there and he's, you know, he said, you know, the Calgary's made this offer. And I said, great. He goes, so you gotta, you know, talk it over and let me know. So as soon as we hung up, we phoned my parents and, you know, we didn't, there wasn't a speaker phone. I mean, you held out the phone, you dialed, it was a rotary dial. So you held it out, you literally rolled it out. And so we hold it out and, you know, got my mom and dad on the other end and they're speaking into it, myself and my coach, you know, and so I said, mom, you know, dad, we got, I got this great offer, you know, from the Calgary Flames, um, you know, to sign with them. It's a two-way deal. And, and my, both my mom and dad said, don't sign it. They said, uh, you know, schooling's too important, you hmm. know, as we knew a lot of guys who had, you know, played in the minors yep. and, you know, never advanced beyond that and, and sort of got trapped within the game. And once again, you know, it came back to, you know, don't let the game use you, you use the game. Yep. And so I said, okay. So we hung up the phone and my coach goes, you know what, let's call the agent back. Um, and so we called him back and said, here's the situation. You know, really want to call him to finish university and see what you can do. Yep. So the biggest part of my contract was the Flames agreed to pay for the rest of my schooling no way. at Clarkson, yeah. And Clarkson at the time, I mean, this is going back a few years, <laughs> um, was about twenty to twenty-five grand U.S. Wow. And you know, there's no way my family, you know, we couldn't afford it. Yep. And you know, even with the contract that I signed, if I played in the minors, I, I still wasn't going to be able to afford it. Right? Mm-hmm. So it was great. So the Flames agreed to pay for the rest of my schooling. So that was fantastic. Yep. And, you know, and it was great for my coach, Billy O'Flaherty, to allow me to do that because it wasn't the common thing back in the day. Now it's very common for guys to leave school after their first yep. year, second year, third year. Yep. But it put him in a real bind because they weren't looking for a player to replace me, you know, during their scouting process. Right. So, you know, and it was it was great because he said, you know, this is your opportunity. And and then, you know, I had the Olympic team interested. Dave King had phoned me Dave up. King. Yeah. No. So, so he phoned me up and, and he said, like, during this whole process, See, and he said, uh, you know, watch on the uh, Olympic team, which I was pumped about. And he goes, we're going over to Europe to play in the world championships. We're going to have half, uh, you know, NHL players, half college players, mm-hmm. you know, sort of start the mm-hmm. process. And so, but then I didn't have the offer at the time. And then all of a sudden I get this offer and I go, well, uh, uh, you know, I'm 
23 years old or turning going about to turn 23 mm -hmm. i go you know if i go to the olympics you know I'll be 24 will any team even want you mm -hmm. right so i decided i'll sign with the flames hmm. and i remember we were cliff fletcher you know, i was told you know general manager he's going to phone you on friday night at uh you know seven o'clock so i said okay so five o'clock we got everybody over at our place and we're you know a few drinks or a few yeah. pops are being had and, but i'm going i'm not going to drink I you know keep together keep together and then you know mr fletcher's going to phone me at seven and it'll be great you know mm -hmm. and then then we can continue on because you know although the deal was done you know to hear from him yeah. it was really going to solidify yeah. it right so uh, seven o'clock comes nothing right so 7.15, I go, ah, maybe I'll have one, you know, 7.30, you know. So now it's 9 o'clock. The tunes are going. We're all having a few drinks, and the phone rings, right? So my one buddy from my team answers it. He goes, yeah, hold on a sec. He goes, hey, you know, Colin, there's an old guy on the phone, and it's not your dad. And I'm going, well, who could it be, you know? And sure enough, you know, not thinking, 7 o'clock. Mountain time, mm -hmm. you know, nine east. Yeah. So, <laughs> so now, and now I pick up the phone and I go, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's Cliff Fletcher. <laughs> so, Mr. Fletcher, I was like, cut the music, you know, everything stops and it's dead silent. And he goes, you know, welcome to the organization. I said, well, thank you, Mr. Fletcher. And he goes, listen, he goes, you know, we know you have spring break coming up. We know you want to finish, you know, this year for sure. And then, you know, you'd go back in the summers for the rest of your degree. And I said, yes. And he goes, uh, we have this opportunity. You go down and play in the minors in Colorado, and we will pay you $250 a game. I was like, you got to be kidding me, $250 bucks a game. <laughs> so, so I said, absolutely, you know, I'll go. And, uh, you know, hung up the phone, and it was just, you know. On. <laughs> oh, it was on. Yeah, it was on. So we went downtown in, in Potsdam, New York, and, you know, basically it was just all made up of bars because the drinking age was 18. And so we, we sort of hit every bar. And, you Everyone's know, telling the story. Oh, yeah. This we just guy. had a great time. And, you know, and I was going to pay for the drinks. And, you know, I think it cost me like 10 bucks for the night because everybody was you know just giving us beer and it was it was fabulous so i went down and played in the minors i played uh, i think i played seven games or six or seven games in about 10 days and you know ironically i got in my three fights which you know it just happened mm -hmm. right and then and uh so then you know the the other part is i had to phone uh dave king and tell him i wasn't gonna you know Did were you surprised? Like when you, when you said you wanted to make the Olympic yeah. team. So when you get that phone call, you're like, holy hell, this is, this yeah, is this like reality. Happening. Yeah. It's really happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was, it was quite, I mean, it was really shocking. It was neat. But then I had to phone him and tell him no. Mm -hmm. And, you know, his sort of parting words for me were, you know, the minors is no place to play a career. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. You know, so. Noted. Yeah. You know, and you just go on and you, you play. And as I said, you know, went to the minors then came back and the next year, you know, went, you know, I did. Um, finished my year, my third year, and then I took that first, you know, semester uh, or that first summer and went back to school. Yep. And then I went to training camp, and you know, it was I had a very good we, training camp. Here's this. This is 1983. Okay. So I had a, a really good training camp, and I'm talking to my agent. My agent goes, "Yeah, I talked to Cliff Fletcher. He goes, if season starts tomorrow. You're on the team." I'm like. That's incredible, you know, because you go down the minors, you play, and I go, I knew I could play at that level. What did it feel like when you were down there to play? Were, uh, you, were like, nervous? Were you freaked out because some of these, like, men were skating around, or oh, what was yeah. happening? Yeah, I mean, you're nervous because you go, you know, you haven't played at that level before, and all these guys, you know, the majority of guys had played in, the, you know, junior hockey, which was sort of the, right. where everybody came from. Like, yep. there weren't a ton of college players. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't, there's no European guys down there. Yeah. Um, so... It was uh, it was intimidating, you know. You're nervous, yep. but once you got out to play, you go. You realize, you know, college hockey's pretty darn good. Yeah, you can keep you up, know? and and you forget that. And mm -hmm. Calgary had a real unique scenario where they had, you know, they had started with Eddie Beers. They signed Eddie Beers, a college free agent. They signed Jamie McCowan, Charlie Bourgeois, myself, Neil Sheehy, uh, Joel Otto, Gino Cavallini. All out of college? All out of college, all no. free agents. All, you know, so there was no draft choice. There was no... No way. Know, yeah. Who was this? Was it one one scout that was pulling all these U.S. kids out? Yeah. It was it was more or less uh, Jack Ferrara who was mm. finding them. 
Wow. Yeah. Because that's a that's a that's a lineup, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you go, you look at that, and at, at one time we had like seven or eight of us on that team. Wow. And so then you know you traded guys away, but you go when you have you know that's a third of your team. Mm -hmm. You know, and and it was you know part of it was you know uh, Jack Farrar finding him. The other part was you know Badger Bob Johnson was a coach, right? You know, came from university, came right. from Wisconsin. You know, so. He, you know, he understood the college game. He mm -hmm. understood what, you know, guys could offer. And, yeah. you know, I mean, for us, it was, it was great. It was a tremendous opportunity to mm -hmm. play. Mm -hmm. So I went to camp and then, you know, as I said, you know, my agent tells me that. So next day we're in the corral and, oh, you know, Cliff Fletcher calls cool. me up. He calls me up in the stands. And I'm like, yeah, Cliff. And he goes, hey, Colin, you know, he goes, you're doing great here. You know, we've had some inquiries from the Olympic team and we think it would be really good for you to go and play with the Olympic team for the year. And I was like, you know, I wasn't excited then because I, you know, from what Dave King mm -hmm. had said to me, you know, mm -hmm. last words, I go, mm, I don't think this is going to be good. So mm -hmm. <laughs> as it turned out, you know, I went and I, I played like probably four or five games in the Olympic team. And, you know, it just seemed that, you know, he wasn't going to play me, you know, it wasn't a fit. Yep. And the way he was lining me up against, yep. you know, other teams, because you played a lot of NHL teams and, mm -hmm. you know, the NHL guys would, you know, they were pretty hard on you, mm -hmm. and, you know, and when you're playing against the the tougher guys in the NHL team, you know, it's, it's not much fun. <laughs> so, so he ends up, we went to Winnipeg and we played the Winnipeg Jets and, you know, I, I knew what he was, what he was going to do. And uh, we got a flight in the morning it was like a six or seven o'clock flight, flew back to Calgary. And then we had this practice you know, with the Olympic team and we're at the corral as well. And so he just skates the living shit out of me, you know, at the end. And then at the end, he calls me over, he goes, hey, you know, you're not my type of player and, you know, mm. or for the Olympic team. Yep. And, and, you know, we're going to send you back to the Flames. I was like, great. Thank you. you know, at that point, I was like, <laughs> whatever. So I go, I, you know, basically you just walk across the the ice and you're in the you yep. the flames dressing room mm -hmm. you walk through the but concourse and you go you go to the flames <laughs> right there yeah and so badger bob is you know he's saying oh you know you know he's, he always used to rub his nose he goes patterson you know i thought you'd make the olympic team but he goes you know good to have you back and da, 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 da. so we go out and I've, I've skated two hours now and now we go out we skate for about an hour and a half with the flames and then he keeps me out he skates me more so i've been on the ice for like four hours i'm absolutely like, beat i can i can barely you know at the end of it i'm just exhausted right but, but your skates must have just been like soaking wet oh and they were like, soaking wet like everything was leather oh yeah it was it was bad and just my gloves you know i mean back in the day they didn't have the technology no it was like even, like oh, rocks yeah. oh yeah <laughs> just everything right yeah. you know and we didn't have the breathable equipment <laughs> or even the, you know the laundry right mm -hmm. so i went back and you know and then he calls me in he said you know listen we're going to send you down the miners which I go, whatever, you know, at this point, you don't really care. Yep. You know, you sort of go with just, I just want to play. You st and you're still into it though. Like yeah. hockey is still. Yeah. You know, cause it's my first year. It's my yep. first training camp. And yep. so, um, they're sending Neil Sheehy down too. And we're going down to Colorado, uh, in Den Denver. And it was a great, great spot to be. But, um, so Neil goes, uh, we called him Harv he went to Harvard. Um, so I said, Harvey, you know, listen, I said, you know, he goes, I'll be out in a minute, you know, just meet me in the parking lot. So I take my hockey bag and I've got, you know, whatever clothing I have and I put it down and I, I sit on my hockey bag. I'm in the parking lot of, you know, in the corral and I fall asleep. Like I'm just, I'm sitting up, but my head's down, I'm falling asleep. And unbeknownst to me, uh, Steve Simmons, who was a writer for the site yeah, at the time, yeah. he comes by, you know, and so he, I didn't even know, but the next day he writes this, you know, sort of scathing article. Here's another guy they signed that will never play in the NHL. And, you know, it just, yeah, it just rips me, like, you know, without even talking to me. So I don't know this, but my dad is going through Calgary on a work trip, like, the next day. So he gets it, you know, and he reads this thing. He's pissed. Yeah, he's mad. So he cuts it out. And I had no idea, but he goes, you know, he'll be back. He'll show you, right? So... Sure enough, I go down the minors and, you know, we're playing and I get caught out after curfew. Like, 
Pierre Pesce is a coach, right? And he is, you know, he's our, and I mean, I didn't get, like, it wasn't like we were on the road getting caught out. We were at home. And, you know, I was out in the dance floor shaking her up a bit. And I get this tap on the back. It's like two in the morning. I look around. It's Pierre. No way. Oh, yeah. What the, you know? And meanwhile, all the other guys have like bolted, you know, and they're out. So he goes, you know, you come see me out know, tomorrow morning. And I go, oh, man. I go, you know, I'm going to get sent down to the next level. Which is what, the East Coast or something? East Coast. Or what, yeah. I go, I'm not, you know, I can't play there. So we get in there and I get in the morning. You have to go through the dressing room to get to his room. So I go through and I'm I'm sitting there. We're at the table just like you and I are. And he goes, you know, I said, he's sort of looking at me and I go, I'm going to start this conversation. Pierre, you know, uh, you know, in college, we didn't really have the curfews. You know, they sort of trusted us, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, you know, Colin, don't worry about that. You know, and I was like, Oh, okay. You know, he goes, you know, our team, you know, we're, we're not that tough. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, whatever. Cause you know, we had Tim Hunter last year, he got called up and, you know, and, you know, so we're not that tough. And, you know, you had, you had three fights last year. You know, when I went down, I was like, yeah, I did. Yeah. And then I, then it, I sort of clued in. What he's uh, angling towards. You know, I know what he's angling towards. <laughs> and he goes, you know, you know, we'd like you to be sort of our tough guy. And I go, yeah, I said, that's you know that's not me I go you know these things just sort of happen right and I just there were circumstance and you know and he's like you know give me this one I'm like oh so now I get up and I gotta walk back in the dressing room and the guys go are you being sent down I go no no and I said you know it's worse than that I'm not a fighter you know so sure enough we go and we play we're playing Salt Lake City uh the next night and they had this guy, Dave Richter, who is one of the toughest guys in the Central Hockey League. And he's a left-handed guy. And oh, sure enough, you know, I get hit in the corner and I just, I didn't even look. I just elbowed the guy in the head. Sure enough, it's Dave Richter. Well, he gets upset. So he wants to fight, but I know he's a left-handed guy. So I wrap my, I literally wrap my hand in his sweater on his left fist and he is grunting and <laughs> my neck is twisted down and it is the punches are ending like about here and i can hear him grunting every time i go christ he's got to be getting tired you're just grunting right but then i realize he doesn't really have my laugh so i i hit him with my left which was the dumbest move i could ever make. wake him up oh my god i i thought i was on a bull ride for it felt like like five minutes and you know it's one of those ones where you know you're being tossed around the ice and you're looking and you know but i still got his arm he hasn't hit me yet but he's you know he's yanking me around and i'm, I'm looking for the refs i'm going where are you guys you know so finally come in and you know break it up and the guy goes you know the lines you gotta let go of me you gotta let go. i can't my hand is like it's cramped in there right and it's, so they gotta peel my fingers back and i'm sitting like Yes, I'm in the penalty box and I'm like, I look up and like we're right across from our bench, right? And all our guys are like, great job, great job, because you don't want him on the ice, right? So I look over and I go, there's Pierre Peugeot. He's got this big grin on his face. I'm going, oh, you know, I go, this is the worst night of my life. And I go, and it's going to get worse because we play him tomorrow night. You already know. I already know and I'm already going through. He's going to kill me, right? You know, so we get to, we take, we have to, we take vans. Like we got like five vans. So you pile the guys in, all the guys, hey, great job, great job. I'm like, yeah. And so we get to the airport and Pierre calls me over and he goes, I'm I'm just waiting for it, right? And he goes, you know, the flames, they phone me up and they go, we need a guy. I said, you're the guy, you and, you know, this other guy, Bruce Eakins, who's a really talented hockey player. You guys are going up tomorrow. You're going to play in Chicago. I'm like, oh, thank God. I'm just like, thank you. Thank you. Dodge Lord. lefty. <laughs> I dodged that one. But I go, you know, I better play well. I better figure a way to stay up there. Also, I'll be back, right? You know, and as tough as the guys are in the NHL, and there's tons of tough guys, you yep. know, it's more controlled toughness and, right. you know, in different ways. But, yep. you know, in the minors, it's like, they're wild west wild west yeah yep so we get to uh i get called up so i take a couple of things from clothing so myself neil sheehy uh, al mckinnis and mike vernon we were living together we Come got a place on. yeah in colorado <laughs> no in denver yeah. yeah yeah so we were all living together so you know the boys are wishing me luck and you know i could tell another story but I, there's, there's tons <laughs> yeah, of stories oh, to God. tell yeah, yeah tons of stories to tell but um so I grab my clothes and, you know, head off and, you know, get, you know, I'm up there and 
uh, skating around in warm up, and you know you're in the Chicago Stadium, and you dress in the basement, you go up the stairs, and yeah. you know you come out basically behind the net, and you're skating around. I go, this is pretty sweet, but they have about a thousand, five hundred to a thousand rabid fans that come down and just taunt you like during warm up, right? So I'm skating around, they're going fuck off no name right and i'm like you know i don't i go well our team you know other than lanny you know we don't really have any big names on the team at that point maybe mm-hmm. doug risebrow you know yep. but i'm skating around every time i skate around it sort of gets a little loud, you know fuck off no name fuck off no name <laughs> and so i'm like oh well whoever you know they don't like somebody but whatever it is right so we play the game and i line up against uh, i'm starting the game and i'm lining up against al secord no yeah and i'm looking over and i'm like i got this big shit ass grin on my face i'm going i can't believe i'm here i can't believe this is al secor you know and he t- he looks at me and i'm like oh fuck. you know like i better head down you know don't make eye contact and then i'm going oh you know because like, he's a tough guy I'm going, there's no way i'm touching him <laughs> So we play the game. We end up losing, but, you know, I, I played well enough to, you know, stay up. And yep. so, but I get back, you know, we get down the stairs after the game, take my jersey off, and I go, that's funny, you know. I don't have a name on my jersey. I know. I'm going, Frack, that's who they were yelling at. They were yelling at me. They were yelling at me. Because back in the day, they didn't have all the name bars and everything like they do now, and they don't carry them on the road. And yeah, so it was pretty, pretty unique. That's your first game in the show. That's my first game in the NHL. No way. Yeah. No name. No name. <laughs> so it was, it was great. And you know what? I, I never looked back. I was pretty fortunate. You know, I was able to stay up the rest of the time. And, yep. and they had just opened the Saddle Dome. So that my next game was in the Saddle Dome. It was so the second game in the Saddle Dome. 83? 83, yeah. yeah. And we played uh, St. Louis Blues and uh, ended up scoring two goals. Uh, first, you know, I started again and 26 seconds in, uh, you know, Doug Risebrow fed me a puck and I, I remember shooting, it was Michael Ute and I go, and, Michael you know, Ute. Yeah. And it was like, it was like I had the whole net. It just seemed that way, right? Just like slowed down. Just it like- just, everything slowed right down for me and, Shot it, went in, and I remember I went against the boards, and you know I was like, put my arms up, and I said, I scored a goal in the NHL. I can't believe it. I scored a goal in the NHL. You know, it was just, it was just like everything sort of, you know, everything was slow. The guys coming yep. in, everything. Yep. Yeah, it was really neat. So you know, uh, somebody, I think it was Riser, you know, or Dave Heinmarsh, who mm-hmm. was uh, the winger, got me the puck, and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was really neat. So I, then I scored again in that game, and it turned out to be the first. Uh, game-winning goal for the flames in the saddle dome so cool yeah so it was really neat so we went out afterwards and i remember we were at this place called claudio's it's on a left oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it was the, it's uh it's the oyster bar now right yeah probably yeah so so <laughs> i remember I, I got the phone and you know do 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 you know collect call from colin patterson to my parents right and uh, my parents answered and, you know, we were so excited mm-hmm. because they were trying to listen to it on the radio mm-hmm. in Toronto, trying to catch a St. Louis signal, you know, which you could barely get. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about your parents. Yeah. Along this ride, are they just like um, okay with the decisions you're making and the path you're on? And they're just oh, like, absolutely. go you after know, it? The fact that I went back, you know, that first summer, um, you know, before I went to training camp, going to school, they loved that. Yep. And you know what? Um, they were, they were thrilled with the the fact that, you know, I did that and I yep. listened to them mm-hmm. too, I'm sure. And, mm-hmm. and that I actually made the team, you know, and, yep. and it was really neat, you know, along the way that it's not like today where they get to see every game, Yeah, you know, they, they, you might catch a, you know, four or five games a year yep. where they could actually watch it on TV. Like a double hit, like the, on the Saturday night game. But even the Saturday night games, we weren't getting back East right. unless you played Toronto yeah, or yeah. Montreal. Yeah, you had to be at it. Yeah. If you were playing somebody else, they didn't, you know, they didn't show the games. Uh, But you know what? When we went back to Toronto, Buffalo, Detroit, Montreal, they could come to those games. They would travel kind of the tour with you? Yeah, they would go to the games. Yeah, it was great. And all my buddies would come. And, you know, it was tough to get tickets in Toronto because the team's allotted, I think, 50 tickets. Mm -hmm. And when you go back to Toronto, you know, all the guys want tickets. It's not like they give them to you for free. You got to pay for them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would get, you know, I'd try and talk whoever wasn't from Ontario and say, listen, can I, you know, buy your tickets? Mm-hmm. So you might get four at the most, yep. you know, and I had tons of friends and family and I, you know, I had uh, one game where I didn't play much in Toronto. We were, we were down five, nothing. Oh, 
Yeah, we're losing five. And this is, you know, later on, but the benches in Toronto were right, you know, you could walk right behind them. Like, oh, yeah. There was no boards. Yeah, right? they were like... They're just benches, and you mm-hmm. sat there, and, you know, <clears throat> somebody could tap you in the back. So um, we're playing, and we're down 5 nothing. So as a defensive forward, you know, you don't really play that much, and I might be jumping around here on the timelines. No, you're but, good. But anyways, it's... Uh, so we're, we're sitting there, and I'm, and I'm looking up, and I can see across the rink, you know, in the gardens, because could, you can get tickets together, right? So I look, my brother, my one brother's got his jacket like this, his clothes, but he opens up when he sees me. Look, he's got his, he's got a Flames t-shirt on, but he shuts it, right? <laughs> and then he's with my dad, and I can't find my other brother and my mom, and I'm like, ah. Oh. But one of my buddies comes up, and he's got his popcorn and his beer, and he's going, you know, I paid good money for these tickets. You're not even playing. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, man. Because, <laughs> you know, you played the start of the game, but then once it got down, you know, yeah. they were playing other. So sure enough, you know, we come back and we tie it, right? So now, uh, I think it was Crispy or Badger, but I can't remember who the coach was, hits me on the, you're out now. And this is, we're into overtime. I go, I had to tie my skates up, right? my feet, because my feet were just killing me. I, didn't do your I go, I don't think I'm getting out. So sure enough, don't I score the goal? No way. I score in overtime. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> your so, brother's flashing. Oh, yeah. Well, my brother, my dad, my mom, and my other brother had left the rink with the bar across the street. No way. Yeah, so then they couldn't get back in the rink. <laughs> That's great. Do you, well, um, when you, when you, when you make it and you play your first game and score your first goal, is it that shocking? Like, are you that surprised? Or are you just like, this is meant to be? Or what, what, what actually goes through your head? I, you know, I don't, I don't know what was really going through my head back in the day, but it was, it was surprise. It was shocking just because, you know, there weren't many guys coming out of, uh, you know, the college scene and there weren't a ton of college free agents. Yep. You know, but it was starting to roll that way. There was all of a sudden, you know, people were recognizing that the college hockey game was pretty good, but I just never expected to play in the NHL. And when I did, and when you score, you go, man, like, mm-hmm. you know. Like what the chances are like almost zero, right? Yeah, I don't know what the chances were or what the odds were. I'm yeah. sure they put a commercial out on those odds now. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Yeah. Um, was it a common theme back then or even in today's uh, pro game? Do guys... It seems like everyone's surprised they actually got there. Is it is it this like underlying, just you know, humble kind of upbringing? They're just like, or or is that is there some like that, and there's some that are super cocky. They're like, I'm going to make it, and they do get there. Like, yeah, and and you know what? I think there's a combo of both, but there's a lot of great players that never end up playing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think one of the things is you know I was always a hard worker. Yeah, you know I, I was a goal scorer. You know in university, but I wasn't your typical goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was a mucker type of goal scorer. Yeah, and you yeah. know I had a pretty good shot. Mm-hmm. So you know power play those type of things. But I never played the power play in the NHL. And then you had to find your your spot. You mm-hmm. know you go, hey, if you're a goal scorer, are you a better goal scorer than Lanny McDonald? No. Yeah. Better score, goal scorer than Hoke and Lube? No. Yeah. Okay, now you get into are you as tough as Jim Poplinski or Tim Hunter? You know, nope. So what role are you going to play? Interesting. You know, and, and you can, you know, if you're a, a versatile player, yep. you kill penalties, yep. you know, which I could do. And then I became a defensive forward, yep. you know, and you, you play against the best players in the game, you know. Yep. But, you know, you're you're not counted on to score a lot of goals. Yep. And, you know, and I, if I could turn my career back, I think I would have put a little more pressure on myself to score more. Hmm. But my my focus was, I got to make sure they don't score. Yeah. You know, and that, that was my job. Do you think it takes, um, you know, some of the people that don't make it that could have been more skilled or just whatever, do you think that they don't have the ability to kind of find their spot? Like yeah. if you, can they look through the roster and be like, can't do that, can't do that. Okay, this yeah. is where I'm going to go or do they just can't get? Yeah, some people can't get by that, right? Mm-hmm. And they go, well, no, I'm a goal scorer and that's what I'm going to do. And, yep. and you see a lot of guys who are, tremendous players in you know the AHL or the minors that can't make that jump yeah you know because they're a great school goal scorer there but when you get up to the NHL you know a half a step or a quarter of a stride makes a big difference mm-hmm. you know and if you can't do that then you're not going to be that goal scorer so yep. the goal scorer you were in the minors yeah and that's why you know especially guys with speed you know you can adjust your game mm-hmm. so there there is a lot of that and I think the mindset of everybody, right? You know, and 
I think if you're always a great player, like if you were the best player ever in your organization, you, you're always that way. And, yep. and then maybe you can adjust when you get to a, a bigger environment where there's lots of great players. Mm -hmm. Believe me, there's a ton of great players. You know, there's a lot of guys at camp that were way better than I was, mm -hmm. but you know, you find a way to yep. do whatever you need to do to, yep. to stay with the team and be with the team. And yep. I go, it, it's tough to make the NHL. It's tough to stay in the NHL too. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's not many of you guys around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, can you fast forward to 89? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the only reason I'm on you that I'm a diehard Flames fan. Yeah. My grandpa bought season tickets day one at the Dome. And I've been going for since since then. He brought me when I was like four or five. That's great. So 89 is like near and dear to my heart. So I'd love for you to, and it's, it's the, it, was it the pinnacle of your hockey career? Yeah, I think it was. I mean, there's always, you know, different points in your career, but obviously winning the cup uh, is, is the pinnacle because, you know, other than making it and scoring a goal, yep. you go, because it could have ended there, mm -hmm. but, uh, winning the cup was pretty special. We thought, you know, with the team we had, we might be able to win two or three during those years. And, you know, we probably should have, but you realize yeah. all those certain little things happen, you know, injuries, suspensions, you mm -hmm. know, maybe you know whatever it is yeah those smaller things like the little things make a big difference mm -hmm. in the game and that's why the oilers were always so good you know they had a good depth yep. but their top players you know they were really good our top guys were good too but yep. you know what i mean you get a goal here or a goal there and that's mm -hmm. the timely goals mm -hmm. that you get it's mm -hmm. it's not you know they you know when you get shellacked, you get shellacked. Like there's not, but yeah. when the games are close and there's a goal that goes in that you go, ah, oh, we should have had that, yeah. you know, and it's, you know, people always like, well, it's a goalie's fault. Well, no, the play starts, you know, there's about 20 things that happen before that puck goes in the net. Mm -hmm. You know, the odd time, you know, you get one from the face off that goes to a guy and goes in. Yeah. Well, you, you know, that's a little different, yeah. but um, yeah, that 89 team was, was special. We had a lot of great guys like great players, you know, and a lot of players that were at the end of the career, but mm -hmm. a lot of great players that were just starting their career that hadn't become, you know, to the greatness that they were going to be. Yep. Right. Yep. And so that's when you looked at the team and you go, boy, we, we've got something here. And you even know that? from, from 86 on, like I thought, you, you know, yeah. we should have won in 86, mm -hmm. you know, we're, mm -hmm. we're probably, you know, you know, there and then yep. 87, 88, you think you're going to be back again, yep. but you don't, and then you get back in 89, you go, uh, you know, we almost lost against Vancouver. I mean, I'll never forget Cliff Fletcher coming on the bus uh, after game six in Vancouver, and we we're going to game seven in Calgary. And we were like 30 or 40 points ahead of them. We won the President's Trophy, and here we are going into game seven. And I remember him coming on the bus, and he goes, if we don't win this game seven, uh, there's going to be a lot of changes next year. And sure enough, we went into overtime. That's when that goal went in <laughs> off of Joel Otto skates, which every Vancouver Canuck fan <laughs> says he kicked an end, shouldn't have been allowed. But, you know, they had they had tremendous opportunities. And Vernie came up with just amazing saves, mm -hmm. you know. And and from that, you know, once you got past that first round, yep. we seemed to settle down and, and get back into the flow that we were in before. And, you know, Montreal, you know, playing them in the final, we were an evenly matched, yep. you know, teams going at it. You and know, we that? played them in '86. Yeah, yep. we but knew could that. You sit in the out. room, like you yeah. know full well what, yeah. what you're about to get into and how close it's going to be. Absolutely, and you know, we were although we won the Presidents Trophy, they they were second. Yeah, you know, and by a point, I think I didn't mm. even know it was a point or we tied and we got you know from wins yep. losses. I can't remember what it was, but yep. yeah, we were very close, and it was you know rare when the top two teams meet yeah. in the finals. Mm -hmm. Um. And like you said, it's just all these intangible things. Like it's just that you had a chance from 86 and like yeah. there was just three years, everything could have lined up, but like the percentage, the chances of, you know, going three in a row is obviously very rare, but is it, can you look back and understand like what these little nuances were? Yeah, I, I can now, Yeah, you know, and even going back to 84 when Edmonton won their first Stanley cup, uh, we had taken them to seven games and you know, and I remember being in Edmonton playing in that game seven and myself personally, I had this great opportunity and Grant Fuhr made this tremendous. Fucking Grant Fuhr. Yeah, he made this <laughs> tremendous chest save on me. 
<laughs> You're trying to I go got, through them? I got it, and I, I just turned, I shot and hit him right in the friggin' oiler logo. I go, oh, my God. You know, great save. Uh, but I go, it's funny. I go, had I scored that, you know, it might have been a different game. Yep. You know, had, you know, something else happened, it would have yep. been a different game. So you look at those things, and I think you look personally, and you go, oh, boy, I would have done this or mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. You know, could I, you know, it would have been a different game. Yep. And although the, you know, winning the cup, it's the ones that, you know, you didn't win that sort of haunt you, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and, but people, I go, you know, we're, you know, now that my career's over and you look back at it, I go, I'm so fortunate to have won one. Well, you know, nobody Edmund, gets to do yeah, that. There's right? a ton of guys. There's like so many great players in the game mm-hmm. that don't even get a sniff, like mm-hmm. don't even get to the finals, mm-hmm. let alone win. Yeah. And you go, we had a great team we had a great group of guys. Yep. We had so much fun together. And I think that was the big thing, right? You know, people tend to forget, you know, we were great players. Like it was a great team and yep. we were a very, you know, good cohesive unit, but we had a lot of fun. Like being in that dressing room, we had so many laughs and, you know, so many characters, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what the game was. You had a lot of different characters mm-hmm. in the years. And you're right there, the, the to aid to score your first goal, then to like win a cup, like that, whatever it is, 0.00, like whatever the number is, it's just, um, when you were done, when did you retire? I retired in 94. And then I went over to Europe and played a year in Europe. So I got traded to Buffalo, played two years in Buffalo, played eight in Calgary, then two in Buffalo. I had suffered a bunch of knee injuries. And, um, you know, after my last year in Buffalo, you know, I, I sort of knew that, that, I was probably done. How old are you? I was 34. Okay. So you were. Yeah. So, you know, but I, you know, had I, I don't know, you know, you, you always think you could play another year, mm-hmm. but uh, I remember I came out, there's this guy who was, for whatever reason, his name was Dave. He was a big fan of mine in Buffalo. And he goes, Colin, you know, do you mind signing this for me? I said, Dave, hold on a second. I went back in the dressing room. I grabbed my skates. I go, here you go, buddy. No, <laughs> no way. Yeah. You're just, cause I go, I, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm done. Yep. You know, so. Um, as it turns out, you know, I phoned a bunch of teams cause I was my, I was my own agent at that point and I phoned around a bunch of teams and, you know, the best you probably do is get a tryout, which wasn't going to be really yeah. good for me. I, you know, I wasn't, I'm not going to be a flashy player, yeah. you know, so do you want to play in the minors and then maybe get called up? I don't know if I wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. And then Neil Sheehy, Harv. Harv, he's, Harv he's phone, like this constant yeah, thread in your life. Eh? Thread, yeah. <laughs> so he phones me up and he is over in Slovenia former Yugoslavia, and he goes, Patter, you know, you don't want to come over here. He goes, uh, you know, we need uh, you know, we need some imports. And, need you. <laughs> you know, and he goes, are you going to play? You know, or what do you want to do? And I said, well, you know, I was I was waiting to hear back from Anaheim, and that's where Jack Ferraro was. Mm. And, you know, I was waiting, and he, he got back to me and said, you know, we can bring you out on a tryout. And I said, well, you know, Jack, I think I'm going to go over and over to Europe and play. So I went over and I played in Slovenia, but it was the best thing for me to finish playing yep. because, you know, you come into the league, you're, you're, you know, everybody in that league's a good player. Yep. You just assume a different role. Mm-hmm. Right? And if it happens to be a role that you like, you know, or I shouldn't say you like that, you, you have been doing in the past, yep. but you know, you go great, but if it isn't one and you have to change your game to play that role, you go, it'd be fun to just play the game. Mm. So going over there, you know, I played power play. You know, mm. I played a lot of penalty killing. That was my life and blood in the yep. NHL. But then you're a regular shift. You're on, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if you're down a goal mm-hmm. or if you're up a goal, mm-hmm. you know, you played a ton. And it just, all of a sudden, I, I got the love for the game back. And and then, you know, the next year, I was going to go back, but I just decided, you know what, you know, we had three kids. Yep. And we just said, you know what, let's just, you know, time to shut her down. Yep. But I was happy with my decision and it was my decision yep. to stop playing in that. Yep. You know, it wasn't my decision to stop playing the NHL, but you know, you know, when you're only playing, you know, 30 or 40 games a year, you know, and you're, you're getting injured, yep. you know, that it, it sort of tells yeah. a tale and you, you know that you're smart enough to know. So without that, cause that transition, again, I'm yeah. not a pro athlete. I'm not trying to talk out of my yeah. ass here. But it seems like that transition can be tricky. Yeah, when- it can be tricky. And you know what? As I said, I went back th- those three years and finished my degree. But I also worked three summers uh, for a good friend of mine, Carl Bond, and in, in town here. In town, yeah. Okay. And, you know, he's, he's since passed away. A great guy. Um, but he had some long-term care residents that now his son Joel runs. But I worked three summers there. Doing what? 
learning the business, you know, management side of it, mm. the, you know, the cash flow and how Is that what your degree work. was? Uh, my, my degree was in marketing and management. Okay. Yeah. So, mm. so I did that. And so that helped prepare me for, you know, when hockey finished. Yep. I always say the biggest transition for me was you didn't have the afternoon naps when you were working. <laughs> <laughs> 2.30, you're like, okay. Yeah, I got a well, man. You know, but, you know, because that was your life when you were playing. Yeah. You, know, you get that afternoon nap. So the once you kind of figured it out and you were kind of, you're done with hockey, are you are you then trying to figure out like what you're, like, what am I going to do with my life? Because you're young, right? You're probably yeah. 35, 36, yeah. retired. Yeah. And that's what, you know, and we didn't have enough money to retire, retire. You know, I had to work. Yeah. And it was just figuring out what we wanted to do. We had our green card so we could work in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the neat things. Like Buffalo was very good that way of you know, making sure if you want to get a green card, they get you one. Yep. And so we had one um, and both my wife and I, so we could have worked in the U.S. I had a couple opportunities from Buffalo to stay in the game. Yep. One was to be an assistant coach, mm. which I didn't want to do. I wanted to go keep playing. Yep. And then one was to be a scout, which I didn't really want to do. I didn't want to travel away from the family. Yep. But as, as things turn out, the jobs you take, you, know, you end up traveling a bit. So, uh, but yeah, and we just decided, you know, my wife's family is in Calgary. And you met her here? Yeah, we met here and it was, you know what, I just said, ah, time to settle down. And mm. Calgary is a very entrepreneurial city, as we well know. And yep. there's lots of opportunities if you want to get involved. And, you know, through the Flames, you're involved in a lot of charity things anyways. Yep. And, and our alumni was just starting up. Mm. And so it was very, it was a, a neat time to be, you know, finishing the game and yep. moving on. Yep. And it was really good. And I really in, enjoyed, you know, the transition. Yep. I mean... Think you know, people go, would you do things different? Well, you know, if you knew what, you know, things were going to happen, yeah, you'd probably do things different. But mm -hmm. truly, you know, I was happy with my decision and, you know, what we did and staying yep. here. And, you know, we, three kids grew up here and they've got great friends. And, mm -hmm. you know, we've got great friends and family here. Our alumni is, we got, I would say, the best alumni in, in the league. And yep. we have a, you know, a unique format that we talked about a little yep. off air where our alumni is made up of guys who played with the Flames, but also guys who played in the NHL and live in Calgary. And it's the perfect segue. Your passion for being alumni and being a part of this community, yeah. in, like we talked off camera, 90 days that you were doing something yeah. alumni related. Yeah. Did you, would you have ever guessed that um, you would have had that kind of passion, that kind of energy and that kind of dedication to pull that off when you were like, you know, playing and then retiring and trying to figure out what's next? Yeah, I don't think you really thought of it um, that way because I think you think, well, you're an old retired player. <laughs> what do people, you know, what are you going to do? But that does cross your... Yeah, it does cross your mind and yep. you go, you know, but you realize, boy, there's a lot, a lot of things that you can do. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I get tired of people talking about all the stuff that, you know, this and that, yep. and, you know... Just do it. Yep. Like, just come back to the Nike thing. Just do it. Mm -hmm. And if you go out and you help out, and, you know, our alumni is great because we do it. Like, you, you guys know? are always out. Always. I mean, our alumni did 200 events last year. Crazy. Like, between all the guys. And, mm -hmm. you know, we probably have about 70 or 80 guys, half of which played for the Flames, half of, you know, what we talked about, played in the NHL somewhere, yep. but, you know, live here. And whether they grew up here or decided to reside here. Mm -hmm. And anytime anybody puts a Flaming Sea logo on, you know, they represent the Calgary Flames and yep. they do it in great fashion. Mm -hmm. And we got guys, you know, in our alumni, you know, Morris Lukowicz and uh, Lindsey Carson, Craig Levy, you know, Warren Skardinsky, you know, Archie Henderson, who have, you know, who live in Calgary and have been part of our alumni for 30 years, you know. Crazy. Lindsey Carson has a great line. He goes, you know, I actually think I played for the Flames, you know, because <laughs> he he's, like like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's, you know, he's been part of our alumni so long. You know, Dennis Polonic, we've got so many guys that have been around a long time, yep. you know, and then we got younger guys coming in, you know, mm -hmm. that, you know, not only played for the Flames, but, you know, guys who never played for the Flames. Yep. I got Tyler Sloan from here, you know, Craig Weller. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, Zach Smith, you know, from, he's from Maple Creek, Saskatchewan, played in Ottawa. He just retired and he's living in, you know, mm -hmm. just outside of Calgary. So Crazy. I go, when you get, you know, young guys like this, you know, wanting to help out, because our fear was always, well, you get guys, they make all this money, they're not going to want to give back to community. Yep. And they do. 
Yeah. You know, and we have a really good group of, you know, core young guys who are helping. I know Kami was on here, you know, yep. Mason Raymond, mm -hmm. Curtis Glencross, you know, Corey Sarge, Robin Regeer, you know, mm -hmm. Rhett Warner. I mean, all these guys want to do something to give back. Yep. And, and it's it's really, it's heartwarming. It really is. Does it, um, does it just further cement your, like, how entrenched you are with community? Yeah, like absolutely. It, like, it's just... And, and yeah. is it is it just the right thing to do, or is it like in you that this is something you want to like really get in in this community? Yeah, I think it's you know a couple of things. One, it's in you, and one, it's you know the other, it's the right thing to do. But I also feel it's a duty, yep. you know, uh, playing in the NHL that you need to give back. You know, whether it's to you know sports, you know, the game, yep. or it's to give back to the community and kids. Yep. And I think that's where our alumni is really good. And I think all our guys have that same uh, idea and same concept of, you know, we need to give back. And it is, you know, it is our duty to do that. Mm -hmm. And we do it. And we just have a ton of guys who do a ton of different things, even stuff that I don't even know about. You know, guys are going to different schools or, mm -hmm. you know, different events that mm -hmm. happen, you know, whether it's, you know, sledge hockey, you know, it could be wheelchair hockey. You know, it's, uh, you know, we got a group of guys that go out and they help out. It's called superheroes. It's kids who have, you know, some challenges, whether it's autism or, or Down syndrome and, mm -hmm. you know, teaching them to skate and play. And it's, it's really heartwarming. And, but it's, you know, it's our, our group doing, you know, all different charity benefits yep. stuff, yep. Uh, you know, whether it's golf tournaments or dinners or mm -hmm. speaking engagements, whatever mm -hmm. it is, it's, it's crazy. The number of things our guys do to help out. Did you, uh, when you were a youngster, did you, was there ever an alumni that kind of came across your, you know, whether you were at school or at an event, was there was it, was it a thing back then? Do you remember anybody that came through? You're like, oh my God, this NHL is right here. Yeah. Well, you know what? It, was, it wasn't the NHL. It was uh, the CFL hmm. that uh, used to do basketball. Okay. They, and I think they had a couple of ringers, you know, and they come in and they play your high school team. Oh, yeah. And I remember going and uh, watching, watching that. You mm -hmm. go, boy, that's great, those guys. And you get their autographs. I mean, mm -hmm. it's the same thing now, but I go, it, it was really neat to see that. Yeah. And, you know, that that's part of uh you know why we do what we do too is you know you've seen things before and you see the group before you too doing it and, right. and i know you know obviously growing up in toronto and i mean it's a big place and you know the leafs were you know pretty powerful but they had yeah. a they had a good alumni even at the time and you know i was very fortunate that the girl who lived down the street from us who used to babysit us married ron ellis so Ron was, you know, he's a great guy. And I remember I was at a lacrosse tournament. We were in, uh, we, because they had their training camp in Peterborough and you know, we were playing this lacrosse tournament in Peterborough and he was at the hotel. And I remember him saying, Hey, Colin, how you doing? And I was just like, like Oh my God. Cloud nine. And then we were in the, you know, we're in the pool and he's throwing me around the pool and, you mm -hmm. know, I'll never forget that. Right. Mm -hmm. And you go, that's what you have to be. You know, you have to be a real person too. Yeah. Do you uh, make a conscious decision to remember those moments? Like, you know, if you're, it's the dead of winter, <clears throat> you've done whatever, 30 things in the last three months. Yeah. Do you ever have to catch yourself and talk yourself through it? Be like, yeah, this is, I need to do this for this reason. Yeah. Like, I no, can't be tired. Yeah. You know, you can be tired and, but you know, you go, if it's the right reason, it's the right thing to do. Yep. You know, there's times where you got to go, Hey, I can't, you know, we can't do everything, yeah. you know, and I, I've learned that over time. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I'm fortunate enough to have the time to be able to, to do things. And, and when you can and you give back, it's, it's a pretty good feeling. I can't imagine. And, you know, and sometimes you don't understand what you're, you know, what you're actually giving back. Yeah. And, uh, but always feel like when we have a group of alumni at an event and we're having fun, mm -hmm. everybody's having oh, yeah, totally. fun. Yeah. It, it just, it, it's got to brighten people's days, weeks, months, whatever. Because yeah. I've seen you guys out and about a little bit and it's just like, you're generally happy. Yeah. You don't like there's la like you guys are just all characters. So oh, yeah. we've got a good group of characters. Mm -hmm. That's what's neat about it. Um, this has been really fascinating. Uh, the way we've got to where we are, I like to end the show with one question. Yeah. When I say Calgary, where does your head go? Um, my head goes to you know a, a Western community of people who are entrepreneurial, who are welcoming. Um, I think of the stampede when you think of Calgary mm -hmm. and I think of all the volunteers 
uh, with the Stampede and all the volunteers in our city. And there's so many of people that will put their hand up and help. And I think that's a really neat thing about, you know, being a Calgarian now. Mm -hmm. Did you, um, one last question. Well, I got you. When did you know you were going to always, did you, did you know you're always going to end up in Calgary? No. It's like home base? No, I didn't. You know, you didn't really think about it when you were playing. I mean, you're playing and you, you know, because there's always trade rumors about you. And then when you do get traded, it's, you know, I mean, you're going to another city. Are you going to stay there? You know, do you want to, you know, go back and live, you know, near where I grew up? And, you know, there's that aspect. Uh, You know, you you just, I didn't really know until we came back here and settled here. Yeah. And then you go, this is the right place this to be. It. Yeah. And I think when you get traded, you, you feel the city has traded you. Mm-hmm. You don't truly mm-hmm. understand until later on, hey, it's a business decision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was the best thing for me anyways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you think that, you know, the whole city trades you. Yeah. Where we, ca- I remember we came back and my wife and I went out for dinner. And we ran into like probably five or six different people that we knew that say, yeah. hey, are you back? Welcome like, back. Hey, yeah, welcome yeah, yeah. back. Welcome yeah, yeah. back. And then you go, yeah, this is a place to be. I'm here. Yeah. Uh, thanks for your time. Jeff, my pleasure. It was really cool to meet you and, and hear these stories. And like I said, I'm a diehard fan. So just to like listen to everything like firsthand is just, is a cool afternoon for me. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks. Oh!